This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, I'm so trained over the years by John Minko. Remember him? Minko would always give me that distinct cue as to when he felt I should be starting the program. Now that he's not, he's not around, I don't know when to start the show. Well, I, actually, I do, of course. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. And um, let's see. Here we are. It's Labor Day weekend, and... Um, we have a very interesting discussion taking place in our program this morning. We're on with you today from 6 until 8 o'clock, and our show is going to be um, going back to a one-hour uh, time length starting next Sunday. Uh, as happens during the football season, there'll be a couple of different changes in terms of the uh, scheduling. Sports Edge will be along at uh, 7 o'clock uh, starting Next Sunday morning. Today it's on its regular time at 8 o'clock with uh, Rick Wolf. Now, on our show today, we're going to get into uh, probably a pretty wide-ranging area of discussion because we're in a way touching upon a topic that we've only sort of grazed once before on this program. And Looking back in some of our uh, records associated with the station and with this show, it was back in April of 2013, if I recall this correctly, that we first had a most interesting discussion with a couple of different guests who were talking with us at that time about the topic of medical marijuana. And we're going to get into touching on that topic, uh, talking about legalization efforts uh, in New Jersey as well in the course of the discussion over the couple of hours of our program today. The reason why it's extremely timely for a number of reasons, including the fact that there is a question on the New Jersey ballot this fall that touches upon some aspects of what we'll be talking about I'm pleased to say that a gentleman is joining us on our program who I've had the uh, distinction and pleasure of getting to know uh, somewhat in the past couple of years. His name is Wayne Burini. Wayne is a New Jersey cannabis activist. Um, he is a medical marijuana patient in New Jersey. Um, 
very well-spoken individual and very knowledgeable. He's going to share a lot with us in our discussion. Wayne, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Wow. Good morning, Bob. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to have me on and discuss cannabis. Okay. Now, let's go right from the start. Some people will hear the term cannabis and be like, what are they talking about? Okay. I like to call it cannabis for a couple of reasons. Cannabis is, in essence, (laughs) there's many, many terms for it. Mm -hmm. Marijuana, weed, uh, and there's just so many slang terms for it. I personally do not like to use the term marijuana because that always brings to my head why cannabis was made illegal by the American government. Real simply, there was a group, the group consisted of William Randolph Hearst, uh, DuPont, uh, Harry Anslinger, who was the first head of the DEA pretty much in America. And the reason they used the term marijuana it's like a made-up name, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the government actually made that name up because you were, when, when you hear that word marijuana, you're supposed to think about bad people. I mean, marijuana, it, it has a, a lot, it's got a Spanish-sounding name. Mm-hmm. Well, the people that primarily use cannabis Actually, everybody in America, before it was made illegal, used cannabis. You had farmers growing it. I mean, they called it hemp. You know, then they called it Indian hemp, was like the, the female plant. And that's what, you know, George Washington and, and all those Americans that were growing hemp were using it for. You know, George Washington had a bad, bad mouth, bad teeth. Mm-hmm. And he would actually grow the Indian hemp, and he would make elixirs. But regardless, everybody was using hemp. But the government incorporated this marijuana term, making it look like, oh, the only people that used marijuana were were back then in the 1920s, or before, were the Mexicans. And were those crazy jazz players. Hence, I like to call it cannabis. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, you know, one of the ways they made it all illegal was they made it look like only a certain group of people, minorities, back then, used cannabis, marijuana. Meanwhile, the first guy to, uh, you know... (laughs) The first guy to get arrested for growing hemp was a white guy. But still, that's that's the term. It's like a dirty term. Everyone in the in the cannabis world, we just don't like that term marijuana. Me personally, whatever. 
You know, I like cannabis. I just don't like using the word dope. I hate when people refer to <laughs> marijuana as dope because then it makes it sound like you know today's version of dope is heroin. Mm-hmm. And marijuana, cannabis is nothing like heroin. So a, hence, I like to call it cannabis. It's a lot of different areas where we can go in our discussion. Um, I always like to provide a little bit of background on guests who are joining us, and there's so many different areas where I want to go in discussion. But I'm going to tell you something that I was doing in the past, uh, what was it, a little over an hour. I actually watched, and I've seen this, I think, once before, but not in its entirety, this, um, uh, I have to be careful in the wording that I'm using here, uh, visual production, some might call it a movie or a documentary, called Reefer Madness, uh, from many, many years ago. I think it was like 1926 or 1936 that this uh, thing came out. Uh, and it, it's, it is um, so bizarre, <laughs> is the best way I can phrase it, in terms of its depictions associated with this. But I thought it would put me in the right frame of mind to move into our <laughs> discussion today. Um, as a patient... In New Jersey. We'll get into talking about what that experience is like. Um, Let me ask you a direct question. How does cannabis help you? How does cannabis help me? Wow. In so many ways. But the major way it helps me. Um it relaxes me. I can tell you that, you know, well, medically, I have uh, ISS. Mm-hmm. This is a hard thing to, to say, intractable, skeletal, muscular spasticity. So medically, when I get these, from a bad operation I had, I get these terrible, Contractions, spasms that just go all through my back and my arms and my shoulders and and my shoulders and my neck. And when I am not using cannabis, I feel it. When I use cannabis, it actually, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I'm just a stoner. When I use the cannabis and my muscles are spasming intensely, it stops. I don't know how it happens. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. But it just stops. And my body and my back can relax. And you won't see my my arms just like flailing. Like like (laughs) I lose all muscle control when that happens. Mm. And all of a sudden, you'll just, you'll see, if you, you see me in person, <laughs> thank God I'm Italian. Because, you know, I, 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 can use my, I, I use more of my hands. I use my arms. I use my whole upper body. And a lot of the times, 
That's not me trying to do that. That's just my body automatically doing that. So for my ISS, wow, cannabis is amazing. But to be honest with you, even if I didn't have ISS, cannabis relaxes me. You know how you come home from a nice hard day of work? You know, you, you eat and, you know, you either watch TV, you work out, you, you have a beer, you do something. I like to go home, smoke a joint, and relax. And no matter how mad I am at that point in time, when I smoke that joint, and I, right after I smoke that joint, you know, I feel great. Nothing bothers me. Mm-hmm. I could be I could be looking through my bills, <laughs> uh, especially in today's world with COVID. Look through my bills. Okay, well I can pay this one. I can pay. All right. Oh wow, uh, uh, man! I can't pay all my bills. What am I going to do? Uh, uh, smoke the joint, and I'm uh, okay. Hey, whatever happens, happens. I can only pay this one so much. <laughs> I can only pay that one so much. <laughs> so that's how cannabis helps me personally. You know, uh, I don't like to say this, but but man, I have a temper. I have a I have a bad temper. When I smoke marijuana, my temper goes away. It's amazing. I can be so mad at you, and yet I smoke that joint, and I'm just calmer. I'm a calmer person. And to me, that that's wow. I mean, I used to do it when I was younger. I used to go to bars and drink a lot, and yeah, that didn't really get me too far. You know, I became even angrier. Uh, you know, even if you have one drink and you drive home, I mean, you're drinking and driving. That's not good. Right. You know, I choose to stay home, smoke a joint. My it's my form of relaxation, and sure, yes, it helps with my ISS. It does drastically. It helps, but that's not that's not the main reason I partake in the enjoyment of cannabis. Now, in the real world, in New Jersey, it was, I believe, in 2012 toward the end of the year, that the first uh, official cannabis dispensary opened in the Garden State. In Montclair, yes. What was the experience like for you in becoming a patient? Well, firstly, I didn't become a patient in the beginning. Uh, I've only been a patient for around seven, eight years. I know a lot of people that have been in this from the beginning. And yes, Kuma, the Compassionate Use of Medical Marijuana Act, was passed in 2010. It took them two years to have that first dispensary. Okay, in New Jersey, we call them ATCs. Alternative treatment centers. And just because they opened up in 2012, 
Yeah, and that, that was under Governor Chris Christie, who was supposedly, you know, uh, Governor Corzine and, and his team actually, you know, were the ones to pass the Kuma, and then they just handed it off to Chris, uh, Governor Chris Christie. And we all know that Governor Chris Christie wasn't a friend of the New Jersey medical marijuana program. So it took a while for Montclair to actually open up and have patients. They were the first one. So you had the first, uh, there probably was maybe a, just a couple of hundreds of patients in 2012. And they're all vying to get into one little dispensary, one little ATC. And, and well, <clears throat> people would actually call the day of it was open. Who am I kidding? There was actually people that went there the day it was open without doing the, the, the typical protocol. Okay, meaning you had to have your card to, to, to even get an appointment to get into the ATC. So there were people that actually were at the door waiting every day for, uh, I believe the owner's name was Julio, for him to come open the door and, hey, hey, could you take me? Can I be a patient? So in the beginning, in 2012, wow, those first couple hundred of patients, yeah, not all of them. You're lucky if you had maybe 50 they were actually got to get appointments and purchase legal medical marijuana. I mean, today we only have, technically, there's only six dispensaries. Some dispensaries have a couple of locations. But back in 2012, oof, unless you were like, it was like getting, remember getting concert tickets when we were younger, Bob? <laughs> That's what it was like. It was like you, you would go to the, the, uh, the whatever it is in Montclair, the name, mm -hmm. you would go there and you would pretty much camp out. Guy would come in, hey, could you take me? Could you take me? Please, please. Pretty incredible when you stop and think about people who were going, in some cases where people, or in many cases, where people who were sick, let's be blunt about it, in some cases people who were basically dying. Um, in the beginning, with, you're exactly right, because that's how it was. With se very severe conditions, and that's some of what they were facing. We'll take a pause in our discussion with you, Wayne. We've got a lot more to cover. We'll continue in our program here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. And Sports Radio 66 WFAN New York. It is Sunday morning on The Fan, and good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We are on our program from 6 until 8 this morning in a discussion with Wayne Burini. Wayne is a New Jersey cannabis activist, a medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey, and we're talking with him about this topic of uh, cannabis. There's a lot of things that um, we're going to get into in the course of our discussion. We were talking about this, um, beginning to talk about the dispensary experience in uh, New Jersey. And the first of the dispensaries, as you mentioned, opened in uh, Montclair in Essex County back in 2012. 
Um, in the, uh, how can I phrase this? In, in the interest of um, coming full circle in this, um, I know a little bit about this for a couple of different reasons. One of them is the fact that um, I live with someone who is a medical marijuana patient in New Jersey. So I know a lot about what has happened with this um, whole movement in the state of New Jersey and what that experience is like. And I had the experience, uh, Wayne, of driving us to that appointment, first appointment, in uh, December in Montclair. Uh, the place was called the Greenleaf, uh, Greenleaf Compassion Center at that time. And I'll never forget the fact that literally the way that you were treated was there you had to be met at the door um, only the patient can go in the person bringing the patient could not park directly in front of the place uh, could not stand hang out in front of the place because, again, this is in Montclair and that just was not going to happen uh, there in terms of what the business owners and the town wanted. Um, and from what was described to me, I guess there was a whole procedure of going through security checkpoints and the like uh, going in the very first time. But the amazing aspect of this is that at that time, the price for an ounce of the medical marijuana that was being sold was $560 an ounce. That's right. You heard me right. $560 an ounce. And this is something that's being paid for by people who are sick and in some cases dying. These are not, in most cases, I would say, well-to-do, wealthy people. And at that time, I believe the limitation was uh, two ounces that could be purchased. And I was absolutely astounded uh, then by the prices. That was 2012. And as you mentioned at that time, initially, there were a relatively small number of people who were in the medical marijuana program. Here we are, it's almost the end of 2020, and for many of us, this year can't end fast enough. Where are we with the medical marijuana program in New Jersey now? First, how many patients are there? 
Well, where are we? We're at 80, around 80,000 New Jersey medical marijuana program patients. 80,000 patients eight years later. Uh, yes, that that's due to Governor Murphy when he first came into office. He pretty much, uh, I got to give Governor Christie two, two points. Governor Christie added PTSD onto the list of qualifications. And, uh, well, the other thing he did is he said that the children could use the medical marijuana at school. Anyway, from there, Governor Murphy, when he first came in, he introduced five more qualifications. And I'll just tell you the one. The one is, uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) the one qualification is for something that everyone's going through now, anxiety. Mm. So with that, you know, anxiety alone, the first month that he added that, it doubled in size, the New Jersey Medical Marijuana Program. I'm surprised it didn't increase more than that. Well, there was a lot of things that didn't get added. You see, when Governor Murphy, well, before he was even governor, he promised New Jersey, one of his campaign promises, was that we would have legal weed in New Jersey within 100 days of his governorship. So when he answered, this, uh, Governor Murphy was like, wow, this guy was gung-ho. Yeah, we're going to legalize weed. We want you know, social justice. That's why we want to make cannabis legal. And we want all the revenue. We want to be the California of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And he was all gung-ho. I mean, because... The reason we didn't have legal weed, we, we were told by the primarily Democratic-run New Jersey Senate and the Democratic-run New Jersey Assembly that, yeah, as soon as Governor Chris Christie's gone, <laughs> free weed, it's going to be beautiful. Well, in comes a, I won't even call him progressive, we'll just call him for now, a Democratic governor promising us legal weed. So one of the first things that Governor Murphy did is he creates this executive order. And I really don't know that much about New Jersey politics, but apparently (laughs) when a governor makes an executive order, it really doesn't mean much. And in that executive order, Governor Murphy did stuff like, okay, you know what? Let's make it so the patients could get more weed per month. And the, you know, he was like, let's make it so if you had, you know, anxiety and, you know, chronic pain, let's make it if we have these more qualifications, it'll be easier to get in. And then he had stuff like, hey, you know what? Also, because believe it or not, in order for a patient to even get in the program, he has to see or she has to see a registered medical marijuana doctor in New Jersey. The list is very small. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's literally under 3% of the doctors that are in New Jersey 
are enrolled in this medical marijuana program. So Governor Murphy was like, you know what, I'm going to make it so everybody that can give out medicine can give out marijuana cards. Well, yeah, see, stuff like that, nah. That that part of the executive order actually has to be voted on by the New Jersey Senate and the New Jersey Assembly. So that's why there's parts of his executive order that actually has to be voted on. And that's why some of the stuff that he put through that executive order just isn't. For instance, you know, uh, I, I, he had it where you can go see a nurse, a registered nurse. If, they, if, they, if anyone in New Jersey can dispense medicine, you as a New Jersey medical marijuana patient could go and see them. And you wouldn't, they wouldn't have to register. So, yeah, that's one of the things. First thing you got to do is register. Then you got to find a doctor. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Not really. And how often, and do, you, of, how often do you have to see this doctor? You have to see this doctor four times. Four times a this year. Is, four times a year. I'm sorry, yes. And if you don't see your doctor... You can't go to the dispensary and get your medicine. So, okay, I only have ISS, but geez, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in this program. You have to remember too, in the beginning, every year ten percent of the patients were dying. Mm-hmm. So the first year, say there was a hundred patients, I'm just throwing out numbers. Well, <laughs> 10 of them would die. They wouldn't even make the next year. Right. So you have, to have, <laughs> you have to have some really bad stuff. Before Governor Murphy added the anxiety, you have to have some bad issues. And you yet have to see not just your doctor, <laughs> not your general doctor, forget about him. You have to see your registered medical marijuana program doctor. And... I'm here in Morris County. I, I got to be honest with you. Oof, back in 2012, I'm lucky if there was four doctors in Morris County. So it's not like, you know, these doctors are everywhere. It's under 1% of the doctors that are in this program in New Jersey. So you have to see the doctor four times a year. And God forbid you don't see that doctor. Imagine, like, my doctor's 40 minutes away. If I can't see my doctor, thank God I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not wheelchair-bound. Thank God, you know, I have a car. Thank God, you know, for a lot of stuff. But, man, there's a lot of people in this program that don't have. A lot of people don't have jobs. They don't have a car. (laughs) Sad. And yet, you're making them go see a doctor. And if they don't see and pay that doctor, they can't get their medicine. I know in, in Governor Murphy's executive order, he changed that. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, sure, we're just waiting for the Senate and Assembly to vote on it. After two, three years, who cares if they vote on it at this point? It's very hard to be a patient in New Jersey with the way they're making it. And, and we all thought that, hey, with Governor Murphy, it would change. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed. It really hasn't. All that has happened is there's more patients. That's all that's happened. 
You know, we were promised, we were promised, you know, six more dispensaries. Hasn't happened yet. We only have seven dispensaries. I'm sorry, six dispensaries in New Jersey. A couple of them have, they call them satellites. And then it's like weird. It's like one of the dispensaries, Cureleaf, in Belmore, B-E-L-L-M-A-W-R, okay, they have their product in all its, it feels like in all of the other dispensaries. So the people making out of the dispensaries. Now, today, you got COVID going on. Do you realize to get to a dispensary today, you have to wait in a two to five hour line waiting in your car. These aren't people, these aren't, this isn't recreational marijuana we're talking about. We're talking about patients. Two. Not forbid they can get the right to get there. Then they got to wait up to two hours. And hey, I'm allowed, I'm allowed two ounces per month. I think the most people are allowed are three ounces per month. Mm-hmm. Imagine waiting in that line. You get to the place and they're like, yeah, all that is available is one quarter per person. That's what's going on. All right. You I have want, all, go ahead. I want to follow on that point. We're going to take a pause in our discussion because I want to talk about the product, talk about this whole idea of the availability and exactly what's happening in terms of whether or not the dispensaries have been up to the task of meeting the demand, basically which I think we're getting an answer to that already from you, but we'll touch more upon that. Talking with Wayne Burini, he was a New Jersey cannabis activist on our program this Sunday morning. The best sports radio, 's interesting even during covid we still managed to get all those wfan singers in here well good morning everybody this is bob Solter. we're in discussion with wayne burini on our program on the fan this sunday morning he's a new jersey cannabis activist medical marijuana patient in the state of new jersey and he's talking with us about the uh, cannabis uh, program we're going to get into talking about the referendum questions on the new jersey ballot in a little bit in our discussion talking about the dispensaries and you know you're talking about the fact that during covid there are some as you referenced, some very lengthy delays for uh, patients in cases where they get to the dispensary. In some cases, after traveling hours to get to the dispensary, and they have to wait in their cars for sometimes two to five hours. It's, it just seems unbelievable. And then at that point, find that they can only purchase. And remember, this is all something where they're purchasing something, a very limited amount of this medicine. Um, My first thought is how, I'll use a nice term and say frustrating, that must be, and then the other aspect of this is, is anything being done about this? How frustrating? Mm-hmm. For real? Mm-hmm. 
I told you I like to smoke weed because it relaxes me, huh? <laughs> this program makes you smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> if you want to, you know, be relaxed. I mean, think about it. Just to get into the program, you got to find a registered doctor. You got to pay the doctor now. And when you pay the doctor, <laughs> this isn't like going to your doctor. No, no, no. It's crazy. When you go to your medical marijuana doctor, they don't take insurance. <laughs> insurance, what's that? You know, New Jersey wanted to, New Jersey is the one that made cannabis a medicine. We didn't make this a medicine. They, they, that's what they called it. Compassionate use of medical, medicinal marijuana. Mm -hmm. So now to be a patient, after you see your doctor and pay him out of pocket or her, then you got to pay, it's only $100 now to register within, with the state. But man, you want to talk about jumping through hoops, you got to go to their website, you got to put a, a picture, the picture has to be the right size, it's got to match this, and everything's got to be perfect. God forbid, you know, they, they bounce an email back to you, oh no, you, you forgot to do this. You forgot to put a picture of your license, blah, blah, blah. So then once you jump through the internet hoops of actually signing up, then you have to sign up to a dispensary. Then once you get to the dispensary, you know, finally you get your card and, you know, you see, you saw your doctor the first time. So now you can go to the dispensary and doing it during COVID just, <laughs> Wow. They want to blame COVID too. Let, let can we be honest here? Can we talk? Mm -hmm. Even if it wasn't COVID, that's how it is. Sure, you wouldn't be waiting in in a car line for up to two to five hours. It'd probably only be for like I don't know an hour. But I guarantee you, you're not getting your full allotment. And you know what? What do you get at the dispensary? Exactly. You get flour. That's what you get. You get flour, all right? There really ain't that much, you know, if we want to talk medicine, we could have a whole different conversation on this. But if you want to look at cannabis as being medicine, look up FICO, Full Extraction Cannabis Oil. Now, when people always talk about, you know, like, hey, you know, like, how do you cure cancer? <laughs> not smoking marijuana. That's not going to do it. I know, you know, we all want to say that, hey, cannabis, cannabis kills cancer. It doesn't do it by, by smoking it. Uh, some people, you know, it doesn't, you know, some people will alleviate pain and all by eating, you know, foods made with cannabis. But the real medicine is FICO, or some people call it Rick Simpson or RSO. It's two different things, but it's the same thing. It's cannabis concentrated. And it works. I've seen people, you know, that have cancer be cured from it. Sounds crazy and all. But, I mean, we have to educate people. That's not the flower that you're going to get at the dispensary. If you're going to make this FICO, you're going to need, like, pounds of, of cannabis. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, at, at, at the ATCs, you get cannabis. Their prices are beautiful. They got these awesome prices. I mean, it helps keep you sane. A quarter of an ounce. Mm -hmm. 
is anywhere from seventy to one hundred and twenty dollars plus New Jersey state sales tax. Let's put that into the mix. I mean, New Jersey called this medicine, and yet this is the only medicine in New Jersey that I have to pay tax on. And then on top of that, if I'm going to get my allotment, my allotment. Now, sure, you know you'll hear some people say, "Well, oh, you can get you can get ounces for three hundred dollars at the dispensaries." Yeah, and, and that's pretty much if you know anything about cannabis, it's like the lowest grade of cannabis. It would look like oregano. Sometimes some people think it is oregano. <laughs> Seriously, these these dispensaries called uh, shake, mm-hmm. not shake. I mean, shake is like when you have like you know a pound bag of marijuana, and you know you keep going through it, and you keep going through it, and then at the end you just got all of the buds are just like you know you get the little leaf particles at the at the bottom. That's shake. They're using stuff that I I have grown marijuana. I I I know every aspect about cannabis and what they're trying to sell is as shake is that they should be ashamed of themselves they're getting top dollar to patients we're not talking and please don't consider you have we're talking about medical we're not talking about you know recreational we're talking about people that are using this as medicine people that have aids people that have you know crohn's on and on, you know, that's this kind of patience we're talking about. And it's sad that if you want the same quality of cannabis that you can get off the streets, off the black market, in every town in New Jersey, it's going to be anywhere from $180 to $400. And trust me, that $400 on the streets is the best cannabis in the world. My point, you go into the dispensary, you're paying their $500 an ounce plus New Jersey state sales tax. Are you kidding me? You know, Wayne, I tell this story almost every semester in college classes to students. And when I mention the prices, the reaction is always the same. What are they laughing at you? You got to be <laughs> there laughing. You got to be kidding. Hey, I know somebody who can do a lot better than that for you. You know, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's absolutely incredible that eight years after that first dispensary opened, that the prices are still as high as they are. And the quality, obviously, from what you're saying, is at best questionable. The other aspect of this is, if there's 80,000 patients and the dispensaries are really not able to keep up with that demand. This talk of legalizing 
for recreational consumption. Are the companies running dispensaries in New Jersey looking to get into that as well? You would think. And one would, you think, would think. One would think, how would they pull that off? Well, anything's possible in Jersey. <laughs> Come on, Bob. <laughs> if you got the money and you know the right politician, anything's possible in New Jersey. What you need is a dollar and a dream, baby. <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to remember now when Governor Murphy was campaigning. Mm. Weed, 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 weed. Now all of a sudden. He gets elected, and he's the governor. Well, I can't tell you, Bob, I can't tell you how many cannabis companies from different states all of a sudden just poured into New Jersey. They're buying buildings. They're getting, they're, they're having their grow houses all set. They're renting their property. They're, they're buying the property. They're, it was crazy. And then after two years, when they found out, like, yo, <laughs> You got a Democratic governor, a Democratic Senate, a Democratic Assembly, and they can't freaking legalize weed. They're like, screw this, and they all left. But I'll tell you this, as soon as weed becomes legal in New Jersey, you're going to have all those companies come right back in. And then, the, the come on, the, cure relief, cure relief. <sighs> You got Compassionate Care Foundation. Nice, nice little dispensary, huh? Whereas they, they, they actually have one, uh, it's called the Botanist. It's on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Nice, nice. Uh, Greenleaf Compassionate Center, that's in Montclair. Then you got Garden State Dispensary. That's in home base Woodbridge. They're also in Union. You got Breakwater, that's in Cranberry. You got Harmony, that's in Secaucus. Then you got cure relief. Us patients in here in New Jersey, we like to call them cure thief. Go Google cure relief. They are the largest national retail dispensary brand in the United States of America. Not in New Jersey. In the United States of America. Bob, you think they're going to have a hard time converting? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're medical now. <laughs> oh, it's legal. <laughs> Come on, I bet you they already have the buildings already already bought. So, you know, the legality, they're ready. Of course they're ready. Oh. Well, uh, how about the, the Compassionate Care Foundation? They were originally in Egg Harbor. Now they're in AC? Mm -hmm. Huh? What? These are dispensaries. They're making money off of us New Jersey patients. And what do we get? We pay $500 an ounce plus New Jersey state sales tax. And make sure to pay your medical marijuana doctor four times a year <laughs> just so you can get your card and keep on going to the dispensary. Well, You would think the answer is legality, but go ahead. The attraction of money is obviously a tremendous motivator, especially this year, with all the money that state governments 
and New Jersey certainly is no exception to this, have lost as a result of the COVID epidemic. So the great, some will say the great cash grab um, could be going on. I mean, in New Jersey, I guess, how would this or how is this being proposed to be structured from the standpoint of legalization? What's going to oversee this? Or who? Um, okay. Well, currently, currently, the New Jersey Department of Health runs the, because we're talking medical, medical mm-hmm. marijuana program. Right. But you see, I, I got to be honest with you, as a patient, I'm not quite too sure what's going on. Because I know what you're trying to get into. And one of the things that when Governor Murphy, you know, uh, made that executive order and some of the things, you know, that were actually voted on, were voted on. Well, one of the things that was in there was this five-member Cannabis Regulatory Commission which was called the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, the New Jersey CRC. And pretty much, I could tell you because that was in the legalization bill that never even got voted on. That's what was supposed to happen with the, when they had the original legalization bill, Scutari's bill that they all wanted to vote on, New Jersey State Senator, Nicholas P. Scutari. And somehow that bill never even got voted on. And somehow, you know how politics works, especially in New Jersey. (laughs) Somehow they threw that part of the bill into the medical bill. So somehow they hoodwinked New Jersey into, through the medical bill that they did pass under Governor Murphy, to enlarge the New Jersey medical marijuana program, they slipped in there. There is the creation of a five-member cannabis regulatory commission. Okay, I want to follow on that. We're going to take a pause for our top-of-the-hour update. Come back and talk more with you as we move into our 7 o'clock hour. Talking with Wayne Burini on our program. Wayne is a New Jersey cannabis activist. We really just started this discussion. Hang on, folks. You're not going to believe exactly where we're going to go. It is Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. As we start Hour 2 of our program this Sunday morning, sounds of Hugh Masekela's grazing in the grass on uh, WFAN. 
We're in a discussion with Wayne Burini on our program. Wayne's joined us since we started our show at 6 this Sunday morning. Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge along after our top of the hour look around the sporting world with Seth Cantor. Rick is along with the Fine Sports Edge program. And this discussion, we're talking about the topic of cannabis, cannabis use. We're going to get into talking about the referendum question uh, coming up on the ballot in New Jersey as well. We've talked a good deal about the medical marijuana program in uh, New Jersey. Wayne is a medical marijuana patient in the Garden State. He's a New Jersey cannabis activist and shared an awful lot with us thus far in our discussion. You know, talking about this question that is on the ballot in New Jersey this November, I go back to an experience I had in the park that uh, is next to where I live with neighbor from the street a block over who came up to me out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, and asked the question, so are we voting on legalization of marijuana this November? And is that the decriminalization of it? And I looked at him at the time and thought, first of all, why are you asking me this out of nowhere? And then secondly... I also thought this whole thing has gotten to be very confusing. Largely because of some of the background you've shared with us of we've heard this talk for years. And we had the attempt, if we can phrase it that way, by the legislature to try to address this. But then there was a great move to pass this on to the voters to handle this. What exactly is on the ballot in terms of the question, Wayne? What are we really voting on? Is this a trick question? No, it's not. Uh... Well, if I may, um, this is what's actually on the, uh, the ballot. Question one, would add an, amend, add an amendment well, to the state constitution that legalizes the recreational use of marijuana, also known as cannabis, for persons aged 21 and older? and legalizes the cultivation, processing, and sale of retail marijuana. The constitutional amendment would take effect on January 1st, 2021. The five-member Cannabis Regulatory Commission, which was first established to oversee the state's medical marijuana program, would be responsible for regulating the cultivation, processing, 
and sale of recreational marijuana. Question one would apply the state sales tax 6.625% to recreational marijuana, but prohibit additional state sales taxes. The state legislature would be authorized to allow local governments to enact an additional 2% sales tax on recreational marijuana. The ballot measure would not provide additional specifics, such as possession limits, home grow rules, and retail regulations. Rather, the legislature and the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission would need to enact additional laws and regulations. So pretty much a yes vote <clears throat> supports the this constitutional amendment to legalize the possession and use of marijuana for people over 21. Mm -hmm. A no vote opposes that. Now, what are we actually voting on? I, I don't know. That's what it says. I don't know. You know, I'm not the world's smartest guy, but it looks like when I, the more, the, the more I read about legalization in New Jersey, to me, it looks like this New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, which is a five-member panel of people that would rule all things cannabis in New Jersey, not just medical. If legalization happens, they'll rule thing, all things cannabis. And this five-member panel will consist of Three people are appointed by Governor Murphy. One is appointed by New Jersey State Assembly Speaker, Craig Coughlin. And the last member is appointed by New Jersey Senate State or New Jersey State Senate President, I'm sorry, Stephen Sweeney. And actually, Stephen Sweeney picked one, and her name was Krista Nash. And her and four other people would rule all things cannabis. I mean, I, I, it's, that, that's what the bill tells me. That's what I'm voting for. And to be honest with you, to me, it's like a blank check. To me, this is like New Jersey saying, hey, we, the politicians and governor of New Jersey, we couldn't figure out how to extort the most amount of money we could by legalizing cannabis in New Jersey. So we're going to leave it up to you, the people, to give us the okay <laughs> to tell you what's legal. Because to me, Bob... We're talking legal. Tomatoes are legal, right? Why can't I? Or, or you know, does this bill saying that cannabis is legal to the point where I could grow as much tomatoes, uh, a.k.a. cannabis, as I want, whenever I want, however I want, and I can have as much as I want, and I could sell it 
and I could do whatever I want with cannabis? No, that's not how the bill reads to me. The bill reads to me like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you the people, be the suckers, and let us <laughs> and this New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission tell you what legal cannabis is. I can't do that. In my heart of hearts, especially like, I'm sorry, Bob, you know, you want to talk about cannabis and all. The way I look at cannabis, it's a gift from God. I mean, every morning I wake up, I, I like to read this, you know, beautiful book, the Holy Bible. There's this book in there called Genesis. In the first chapter, in the first chapter, right in the beginning of the book, it tells me. I'm going to skip to first chapter 29, verse 29 and verse 30. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I, God, have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And then, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Boom. To me, that's where cannabis comes from. And in New Jersey, they want me to vote and say, yeah, I want, I want legalization, but I want this five-member Cannabis Regulatory Commission to tell me all things weed. And, and the sad part is, as a stoner, I bet you not one person that has ever even used cannabis will have been on that panel. Mm. And they're going to tell me now, to me, what this is all about, this is all about money. We're in New Jersey. Come on, Bob. Well, Dollar and a dream. This is, these times especially, um, yeah, you have to believe that a large motivator here is money. This... Didn't Governor Murphy just say that, too? <laughs> about, you know, hey, you know, if we legalize, you know, cannabis, if we legalize weed or marijuana, as he likes to say, it could save New Jersey. Financially, yeah, how can, I wonder how that happens. This this Cannabis Regulatory Commission sounds a lot like the New Jersey Casino Regulatory Commission. <laughs> yeah, we know about that. That's not, I, I'm not even going to say anything. What What is the Casino Regulatory Commission about? It's all about getting money. Oh, hey, you know what? Hey, uh... So-and-so casino, <laughs> yeah, we're going to fine you. You let a miner in. Yeah, give us this amount of money. Oh, hey, you want to you wanna build more? Hey, well, pay, pay the guy for the fee to get the paperwork, and <laughs> this is New Jersey. We'll make it happen. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for big tobacco. I'm not ready for big pharma to start invading New Jersey. Why can't they just legalize the plant and legalize it? Like tomatoes. Us New Jerseyans, we take pride in our tomatoes. And I know, Bob, I know 
I know you've had a tomato sandwich this summer. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> right next to the tomato plants, we could be growing cannabis plants. We're not talking brain surgery here. I told you, I'm not a smart guy. I grow weed. <laughs> it's that easy that I could do this. Oh, I have to say, allegedly. Mm-hmm. I guess the question, and we'll tackle this in a moment because we're going to take a pause um, in our discussion with you, but I want to pose this question and have you address this when we come back. Assuming that the legalization measure passes, what real effect is that going to have on patients? I guess the question I'm really asking is, is it possible that that's actually going to help patients? I'd like you to address that. We're talking with Wayne Burini on our program. Wayne's a New Jersey cannabis activist, a medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey. And we're talking with him about the topic of uh, cannabis and talking with him about this uh, referendum question that's on the ballot in New Jersey uh, this fall in November. Rick Wolf's along with the Sports Edge after Seth Cantor's top of the hour update here on The Fan. New York's number one, Sports Radio, 1019 FM. The Fan! And Sports Radio 66, WFAN. Ooh, they all came in here again. Hmm. Love those singers when they stop by. After our 8 o'clock sports update is Rick Wolf, who's along with the Sports Edge program on The Fan this Sunday morning. I'm Bob Solter. We're in a discussion with Wayne Burini on our program. Wayne has joined us since we started at 6 this Sunday morning. He's a New Jersey cannabis activist, a medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey. And he's talking with us about this uh, topic of cannabis. We've talked a little bit about the uh, medical marijuana program, excuse me, in the uh, state of New Jersey and uh, talked about the referendum question on the ballot this November. This idea of legalization of the recreational use of marijuana or cannabis, what effect will that have, assuming it passes, on patients? And specifically here I'm asking... Is it possible that it could help patients? Well. Or am I completely misguided in even posing that? I'm going to take a question at face value. You said assume that it passes. So I'm going to assume that it passes. Okay. And that's not guaranteed, you know. Not even close, because, <laughs> I mean, I love cannabis. I have a nickname. All my, my friends call me the Cannabis King, because I just love everything about cannabis. I don't want to vote yes for this. But that's not your question. Your question was assuming that it passed. Okay. Assuming that it passes. Now then you have to say to yourself, how's it going to pass? I mean, because it doesn't say that we could all sell weed. <laughs> it doesn't say that. This is referred to the legislature and the CRC. So one of the reasons that legalization hasn't passed in New Jersey, 
So far as, besides the greed of all the money involved, and who, who wants to get what, they can't, the legislature, the governor, and the one member CRC right now, they can't even tell you how they want to legalize it. Does that mean we get, you know, Stephen Sweeney, the New Jersey State Senate president, says, you know, well, hey, he wanted to have, like, something crazy. It was like over 400 dispensaries. But then you had other, you know, like uh, Governor Murphy didn't want so many. He, You know, he just wanted, like, you know, maybe 100 at max. So when they could find out what number they want, then it kind of it depends. As a patient, the more that they do have, I think it's better for the patients. Now, sure, we're talking recreational versus medical. I mean, I took a trip once. I wanted to be like, you know, uh, the New Jersey legislature wanted to have a mini trip where they went to Colorado, Denver, mm -hmm. and uh, saw how they were doing it. And it was funny, <laughs> New Jersey State Senator Nicholas P. Scutari actually forgot his ID, so he couldn't get in to these dispensaries, ironically. But I, I did bring my ID, and I was allowed in. And of course, I wasn't uh, a resident, so I didn't have a medical card, and they didn't accept my medical card from New Jersey. So you would walk into a dispensary. It was literally crazy, Bob. One half on your right would be medical. And then the other half on your left would be medicinal. And it'd be the same exact thing. Except different prices. An ounce on the recreational would be like 300. An ounce on the medical, you know, you have to have your card and everything, would be a third that, uh, maybe a half that price. So if New Jersey does it that way, it could help the patients out. But now these dispensaries that are already here in New Jersey that have claimed stake, do you think they're just going to, hey, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> open, up, open up recreational, why not? These guys are already crying about who, who gets AC. So... Sure, if New Jersey allows a sensible, and that's what I thought Governor Murphy was, was going for. You know, when he, I envisioned, you know, at the time, because California, they, they, they tightened their restrictions a little bit. But at the time, when Governor Murphy said he wanted New Jersey to be the East Coast California, man, California's beautiful. California, yeah, you, you get your, you can even get a medical card, you know, but now it's just all out legal. And there's dispensaries. Wow. New Jersey, we have a lot of strip malls, right? A lot. Imagine a dispensary in every strip mall. That's how California is. That would help out patients big time. The more accessibility you have to get your medicine, the better. Well, I mean, life is America. Let people compete. The New Jersey ATCs haven't really competed. They're like holding each other's hands. Like, hey, come on in. Hey, 
Cureleaf. You want to sell your product in our dispensary? Hey, that's cool. You know, so how they legalize it, it's all the devil is in the details. If they legalize it, like, you know, you got to pay a $10,000, you know, uh, application fee to the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, you know, just to get your application accepted. And then if you do get a license, it's like, who knows? What's going to be? $50,000 a year? To, you know, are you allowed? And then are you allowed to grow it and sell it? All this, none of this is, none of this is known. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I really, if if they did it the right way, (laughs) sure, sure, yeah, it would benefit us patients. But <laughs> New Jersey's doing things the right way. <laughs> you know how it is in New Jersey? Who who greases the palm of who? That's who gets, you know, it's not the early bird gets the worm. It's who's got the dollar bills. Who's got skin in the game? The difference between legalization and decriminalization. How can you explain that for us? <sighs> I could explain it like this. I like baby steps. If you want things to happen, you need baby steps. See, like Governor Phil Murphy, when when he kind of took office and he wanted to do this legalization bit, he had his attorney general pretty much say, hey, for like, he was like, what, at max, two months, three months, there will be no... Cannabis crimes. And he pretty much hinted to the prosecutors, if something comes up, just drop it. And then, you know, they said, nah, you know what, let's just hold, let's hold it over. Because you know? we don't know what's happening yet. <laughs> we don't have the deal done yet. So, it all depends. It's in the details. We also hear at times in discussions about cannabis the term expungements being used. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You want to talk about decriminalization. What does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. It means, because there's a couple bills out there. One bill is, you know, uh, by... New Jersey State Senator Ron Rice, you know, pretty much you could, if you have under so much and you're growing under so many plants, you're good. Don't worry about it. And if not, you get a ticket and you got to pay some money. See, I, I can go by, you have, that's one bill, another bill They're just trying to add a bunch of stuff to it. But decriminalization, in essence, is what they did in Philadelphia, what they did in Pittsburgh. You go to Philadelphia, you get caught with weed. If you have more than an ounce, well, you get a big ticket. I think it's like $100. And it keeps going down every year. It might even be down to $50 now. Oh, you're smoking a joint in public? The cop comes over. Takes a joint out of your mouth and says, yeah, yeah, you don't need that. You have any more on you? 
Because if you have more than what you're supposed to have, then I got to write you a ticket. That's decriminalization. But then, like I said, the devil's in the details. It's how the politicians want to tell us how <laughs> it's decriminalized. Like I said, there's a couple bills out there. Personally, I like Senator, State Senator Ron Rice's bill. Because you could have a lot, you can even grow a little. <laughs> and if you get caught, it's just a ticket. Because now if you get caught with marijuana, oh my God. Sure, you get a lawyer. <laughs> See, did I just say, I might, I might have just said something that I might be privileged. Yeah, if I get a lawyer, it's not a big deal. If I pay the lawyer anywhere from uh, two to $5,000, that's just the lawyer fee. And then by the time, you know, he schmoozes the, the, the judge and the prosecutor, <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> How about you just charge him the drug fine, the drug court fee fine? It's normally like nine ninety five thousand dollars and boom, and then you pay a couple other fees and boom, boom, boom. Anywhere from like five to ten thousand dollars later, <laughs> you're good. If you can afford a lawyer and to pay the fee. Mm -hmm. If you can't, <laughs> you're going to jail. I cry I weep right now. There's 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 my Friends that are in jail over this plan. You know, and oh, just get the card. Just get the card. I can't tell you how many people that New Jersey medical marijuana patients that have the card that are still getting arrested. Arrested for what? Possession of marijuana. And they have <laughs> that's the, a crime, you know. And they have the card. Yes. Becomes the old, you know, remember when the police officers used to tell it, tell it to the judge, son. <laughs> tell it to the judge. And so, so you, you got to get a lawyer, and you got to remember, a lot of these patients don't have money. I'm talking privileged. You get a lawyer, and your lawyer talks to the prosecutor. Hey, my guy has a card, man. Like, what? blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's got a card? <laughs> that makes it all better. That's great. Okay, cool. We'll throw it out. It's got to get to that point, though. It never gets to the point where, it, unless you know the law, I mean, I, I, I've been pulled over. <laughs> I've had a lot of, lot of uh, I don't know, contraband, I guess you call it, in my car. Police officers, oh, hey, what are you doing? Hey, your car smells like marijuana. Well, yeah, the law tells me that I got to, at work, if I need to medicate, I'm supposed to medicate in my car. Yeah, that's why my car smells. Oh, uh, get out of the car. It smells like marijuana. And they search your car. That's illegal. That's illegal. But we're, we're in the stages right now where, you know, it took them, you know, 10 years. We're going on 10. We're going on over 10 years. And, and they still don't know. Some police officers don't know. A lot of people don't know that we even have a medical marijuana program. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible that they're arresting medical marijuana patients that are just legally doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, what is legal? What, what is legal? If you want to go by the paperwork, yeah, you know, that, that looks, wow, that looks good. 
I want to vote. I want to vote yes on this, but that that's not legal. It's not. That's not even decriminalization. Imagine that. You can't even. It's going to tell you how much how much you can possess, how much you can have on you. That's not legalization. That's that's not America. Overall plant. And then to answer your other question, you know, expungement. What is expungement? What is expungement? They tried doing this already in New Jersey. I got to listen to. We got to hear as people that have been arrested over a plant, simple possession and stuff. Expungement. I don't even know what expungement is to be honest with you. Because I thought expungement was, hey, you know, <laughs> this is America, 2020. I know this year stinks and all. I get it. But 2020, like, you know, <laughs> we got computers. We got cars that drive themselves. <laughs> but yet, I got say, I have three times I was arrested for simple possession. You can already get your records expunged. You, you get a lawyer, pay the lawyer to do a blah, blah, blah. You know, it like takes like, I don't know, something like seven years to get it off your record. But for expungement, and this is what I don't understand, like, you know, expungement is supposed to be for if I go to get a job. One of the things that, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, God forbid you were ever in the cannabis business. <laughs> I got a felony uh, with marijuana. Uh-huh. You ain't going to get that job. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. So that's why you want to get your records expunged. So, you know, you go to get that job, they don't even see that marijuana charge. And they could be like, oh, yeah, come on in. But, you know, <laughs> expungement here in New Jersey, they make it out like it's this, oh, my God. Well, you know, if we, if we do expungements, did you know we have records here in New Jersey on index cards in some towns? And uh, to find that one or those couple of, you know, instances where there's marijuana. Are you kidding me? They're making expungement out to be something that's like, wow. You would think you just, okay, hey, you know what? Marijuana, cannabis, weed, whatever you want to call it, it's illegal. Oh, yeah, so, you know, when you go get a job, hey, you know, don't even ask, hey, have you ever been arrested for marijuana? You know, no. You ever been arrested for a felony? Just answer no. No, no, instead they're making it like they have to go back and change every single arrest, every single ticket that was ever made that has marijuana involved in it. And, oh, oh my God, do you know how much work that is? And geez, you know, it's almost as ridiculous as, you know, if we legalize cannabis, we're going to have to retrain all those dogs that the sheriffs use to find cannabis. We're going to have to retrain them. We're going to have to get rid of them and get brand new dogs. Mm. Do you know the money involved? Uh, that's what expungement has come into. Mm. Wayne, you know, I don't know why it's... Go ahead. Wayne Burini is talking with us on a program. We take a pause in our discussion with you, Wayne. Come back and we'll get into the home stretch of our discussion. Wayne is a New Jersey cannabis activist, a medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey, and he's talking with us on our program this Sunday morning. Sports Radio 1019 FM. 
I love it when they stop by on Sunday mornings. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. And speaking of things we love, it's after our 8 o'clock update, it is Rick Wolf who will be by with the Sports Edge program here on The Fan. We're in a discussion with Wayne Burini on our program. He's a New Jersey cannabis activist, a medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey. He's joined us since we started our program at 6 this Sunday morning. And by the way, I mentioned this at the very beginning of our show today. This is the last of our um, two-hour shows. Um, in the fall, traditionally, the show has shortened. It's going to be down to an hour between 6 and 7 next Sunday morning. Sports Edge will be along at 7 to 8 on uh, Sunday morning starting next week here on The Fan. This um, discussion about um, cannabis takes us into a lot of areas, uh, Wayne. And one thought that I had heading into this chat today gets into this um, phrasing. I guess I could phrase it that way, say it that way. We've been using this term recreational. Is that better than saying adult use? Personally, I like the term social because recreational, sure, okay, you know, but nah, I, I, personal use, adult use, nah, I like social use, you know, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be social, you could be by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, recreational, it's a terrible term, you know, because technically, in my eyes, it is medicinal. Cannabis is a gift from God. It's a gift from Mother Nature. It has medical benefits, especially, you know, if you take it to full extraction cannabis oil. So, adult use, recreational, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when people drink, is that recreational? Hmm. I mean, you know, sure, you know, alcohol had some medicinal, has some medicinal purposes. But no one's, no one, you know, yeah, I'm going to drink to get recreational. No, you know. But if that's what they want to call it, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I said, as long as they don't call it dope. Mm-hmm. For medical patients, when they're in a hospital or an acute care setting, what happens there in terms of getting access to their medicine? <laughs> Good luck. I, I've had a lot of friends. Oh, my God. I had a lot of friends that have passed away. Saw them in hospitals. Yeah, man. You think they're going to let them smoke a joint? No, nah, that don't happen. Can't smoke in hospitals. So you figure vape pens, right? Oh, my God. Get caught with a medical marijuana vape pen. You could even, you could get it from a dispensary. All legit. <laughs> nah. Nah, it's not considered medicine in hospitals. You know, so you got to be like me. You got to be smart. 
You got to sneak people some FICO in. Or, or you know, some edibles. Oh, oh, what are you bringing in the hospital? Just cookies. Just cookies. I make some cookies with medical marijuana. Whoa. And that's how you got That's how we have to do it as patients. We have to sneak it in. Even though New Jersey claims it's medicine. So, <laughs> good luck with that. And for patients, and there are some patients who have very grave conditions, they're literally homebound. Yeah, they get kicked out of the hospital. For them, do they have delivery services? That's like, uh, not really. And here in New Jersey, no, there is no home delivery. But what you have to do is you have to get a caregiver. If you find someone who's crazy enough to sign up in the New Jersey Medical Marijuana Program to be a caregiver, then, hey, hopefully, you know, that caregiver, you know, cares about you enough for her. They'll actually go get your medicine in your name with their card and deliver it to you. So they're going to have to go through the whole background check and things like that. Of course, hoops, hoops, and it's New pay. Jersey, and pay. Of course, <laughs> like this, New Jersey, nothing's for free. <laughs> hmm. I think we're noticing. That, a tr- think we're noticing a trend here. If you're a patient, if you, all they care about is just, just, just give New Jersey the max fifteen hundred dollars a month. Plus New Jersey state sales tax, and hopefully you don't die. Hopefully you come back next month and do it all over again. You know, I keep thinking about that, what you were saying earlier about the situation with what's being talked about or uh, of recreational uh, sales. And that state sales tax, first of all, the price, you know, per ounce or whatever, um, state sales tax, and then the municipalities get to tack on another couple of percent. I mean, it's, again, it's just like, it seems like it never ends in terms of the taxation, the the moves for rep- revenue. I mean, is this what happens in other states? I can't say about other states. I can just tell you about New Jersey. You know, uh, I've been to town council meetings, you know, where uh, legalization has been on the bill of this, you know, of discussion. And, you know, you hear like some ridiculous things. Like, so one town I went to, the chief of police was vehemently against legalization, Mm -hmm. even though it would provide his department from the taxes, $75,000 a year. And that's just the beginning. You know, and, and this, this this chief was just like, that's ridiculous. Like, what's $75,000? That barely is going to pay for me to have a, an officer for a year. Are, are you kidding me? That's not good enough? For just, you're not doing nothing else. That's just legalizing cannabis. So 
patients, I really feel for the patients. We were supposed to have 12, 12 different dispensaries by now. We're on six with, and they call them satellites. You know, if we had more dispensaries, if we had 12 dispensaries, maybe they would compete with each other. Instead, you got this dispensary. Hey, can I, can I put my product in your dispensary and, you know, give me a cut and you can get a cut? <laughs> yeah. Forget about the patients. Who cares about the patients? Mm. Patients come last in the New Jersey medical marijuana program. What about children who are patients? I'll tell you, part of the reason I got into this whole activism, cannabis activism, I always thought, you know, marijuana was just, I just, I just love to smoke and get high. I'm not going to lie. I love to smoke and get high. And then I started, you know, like going to the state house because, you know, I'm like an older man now and I'm thinking, geez, I don't have much time to go. So let me finally speak out my voice. Start going down to the state house, and it was run by this lady who had a child, Jackson. And this kid was one of those special needs children. He had Dravet syndrome, and he was like one of them, you know, 14-year-olds confined to a stroller. You're talking about Jenny Storms. Yes. She was actually on that program that I did back in 2013, I think it was. Um, yeah, Jackson is the son. Mm-hmm. Jenny is the mom. Right. And when I actually saw that she was using cannabis, and this kid, it was totally different. This special needs child was out of his stroller. He was running around, singing, happy. Night and day. And I, for some, I, I just used to smoke it. I'm like, oh my god, that was eye opening. And then you see other children with these syndromes, and, and oh my god. And then you see cannabis helps them. But you see, there's no science. We don't know. They, when they're looking at cannabis being, you know, money, 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 they're not researching it. They're not doing the research that gets done in Israel. They're not doing the research that gets done in these legal states. Their research is <laughs> cannabis legal. Two more percent in my pocket. Mm. I mean, Chris Christie, Governor Chris Christie was fighting for these children to get their medicine while in school. And <laughs> even Chris Christie, big old bad Chris Christie. Even he had a heart for these children. He's, he sees that cannabis benefits them. But I, 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 can't, I can't give you, I, I, I can't tell you exactly how it helps. I, I can't because there's no research done on it, Bob. Mm-hmm. None. Earlier, you used the term big tobacco. As a matter of fact, you said big tobacco, big pharma. Could legal cannabis go the way of big tobacco? It all depends in how it is legalized. If it is legalized, 
like it's a plant. And anyone could do with it what they will. Yeah, that that would help. Everyone's allowed to grow it. Everyone's allowed to sell it. Just pay the tax. But, in all honesty, you got this New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission. However, they legalize it. And I'm sure all since one of the reasons Governor Murphy wants legalization is to uh, reap the reward of financial benefit. What do you think the CRC is going to be all about? And you know what? I am not going to have the money as a New Jersey resident to even pay for an application to get a dispensary. Who will have the money? Remember I told you about all of them companies that came from out of Jersey? Right. That's what's going to happen if they legalize it that way. Pretty incredible situation. Um, One final thought for you. For people who are listening to our discussion today who... um, want more information. Uh, Perhaps they've been touched by something that you have said in this discussion that we've talked about. What would you advise them to do? Uh, Well, like I said earlier, one of the qualifications to get into the program is anxiety. And (laughs) in this crazy 2020, We can all claim we're having anxiety. So I would advise you to go to www.njmmp.nj.gov forward slash njmmp. And that website will tell you how and answer all questions on how to become a New Jersey medical marijuana program patient. Okay, so it's the NJMMP website for the New Jersey medical marijuana program. Wayne Burini, um, Jersey cannabis activist, medical marijuana patient in the state of New Jersey, Thank you very much for joining us on our program and sharing the information that you have. Certainly good luck. Continue with your efforts. Thank you, Bob, and I appreciate the time, and I appreciate everyone who listens. Thank you for letting me speak on cannabis. After I cannot our, thank you enough. After our top-of-the-hour update, it is Rick Wolf who's along with the Sports Edge program here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.